0: Hello, I'm Artika Jenkins.
1: And I'm Lee Jenkins. Welcome to the Making Love and Money Work podcast.
0: Where we discuss how to build and maintain healthy relationship habits.
1: As well as how to build and maintain healthy financial habits, both individually and as a couple.
0: After reaching the top of the corporate ladder, I decided to take on the challenge of becoming a beauty consultant, working my way up to become an Elite Executive Senior Sales Director with Mary Kay, gaining over 30 years of sales, marketing, and leadership experience.
1: I had a 25-year career in financial services, reaching the level of Vice President of Investments at Morgan Stanley and Raymond James & Associates before founding and pastoring Eagles Nest Church. But we can't forget the best part. That's right, babe. We have been happily married for over three decades, which means we know a little something about how to make love
0: and money work.
1: work. What's up, everybody? This is Lee.
0: And this is Martika. Welcome to the first episode of the Making Love and Money Work podcast. This is a podcast that will help you strengthen your relationship
1: with your honey and your money. Well, Martika, can you believe we have been married over three decades?
0: Yes, it's gone by so fast. I guess especially when you have three adult children, it goes by super quick.
1: (laughs) It sure does. I mean, time has been flying. When you're having a good time, time just goes by super quick. I want you to know I love being married to you.
0: Thank you, babe. I love being married to you too. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, let's jump right into our discussion. Today's subject is entitled, 10 Habits That Can Kill Your Marriage and how to avoid them. You know, Martika, they say when it comes to marriage, there are three kinds of rings. First, the engagement ring, then the wedding ring, and then suffering. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You see, a lot of marriages are suffering. Marriage in general, and black marriages in particular, are under tremendous attack, Martika. Now, that's not an exaggeration. I wanna share some statistics that I came across just the other day. According to government stats from the CDC, America averages one divorce every 36 seconds. Now that's roughly 2,400 divorces a day, 16,800 divorces every week, and 876,000 divorces per year. Wow. That's huge. That is really huge.
0: And around 45% of marriages end in divorce. That is almost half. And out of those who stay married, only 17% say that they're happy. Yes, and most of those, they say that of those 50% or so or half of marriages that end in divorce, the majority of the divorces are because of financial stress and strain.
1: Wow, wow. And you know, African Americans are the most unmarried people in our nation. We are the least likely to marry, but the most likely a divorce, Martico. We got to do something about this.
0: Absolutely.
1: And this is one of the reasons we started this podcast because mm-hmm. we have to learn how to make love and money work.
0: Right. And half of black couples divorce within the first ten years of their marriage, while less than a third of white couples do. While less than a third of white couples.
1: So how do we stop this epidemic of broken marriages? Well, to bring it closer to home, how do you protect your marriage? Well, today, we believe that what you are going to learn will help your marriage live and not die. Martika and I have decided that we're just not going to play around with this issue. We're going to shoot it straight today. We're sick and tired of seeing marriages torn apart through divorce. We're sick and tired of seeing married folk fussing, fighting, not speaking, cussing, not loving and respecting each other. We're sick and tired of seeing marriages that stay together just because of the kids. Just. Existing, just putting up with each other, going through the motions with no passion, little to no purpose. So, something has to be done. So, something has to be done. So, let's jump right into today's discussion and lesson. This is part one of 10 habits that can kill your marriage and how to avoid them. Let me say that again. 10 Habits That Can Kill Your Marriage and How to Avoid Them.
0: The first habit is constant criticism can kill your marriage. When a husband and wife start being each other's biggest critics instead of their biggest cheerleaders, Mm. and when they start focusing only on the negative instead of the positive, it creates a downward spiral that often is one of the habits that can kill a marriage. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21 says, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words.
1: So basically what we say can preserve life or we could insert the word marriage right there. What we say to each other, how we say it, can preserve our marriage or destroy our marriage. So words have consequences, right, Martina? Absolutely. So I heard that for every criticism that you give a person, and let's face it, I mean, you and I have criticized each other before. Constructive criticism, not destructive. There is a difference Mm -hmm. when you're trying to tear somebody down versus trying to correct or coach somebody up. All right, so here's the deal. If I criticize you, Then I need to follow that up with about five compliments just to (laughs) offset the one. Maybe actually for you, it might be 10 compliments. But I think that's important because if you keep criticizing somebody, even though it may be legit and you don't balance that with being their cheerleader, with compliments, you're going to tear that person down.
0: Well, we were taught, uh, even while we were engaged, that you actually are supposed to sandwich criticism with praise. So if you say something praiseworthy, then criticize, and then end with something praiseworthy, it doesn't pack as much of a punch.
1: Yeah, well, unless it's a real big sandwich, okay? (laughs) See, sometimes the bread is a lot thinner than the meat. But anyway, Martika, um, from a man's standpoint, A wife being his greatest cheerleader is huge. Mm -hmm. One of the things I could say about you is you have been a phenomenal cheerleader in my life. Even when I was in business and I would have a bad month or bad week, you would still tell me, babe, you're the best, you can do it. And I'm telling you, I have counseled a lot of people, a lot of men, and some of these men uh, committed adultery. And one of the reasons, I'm not saying this is a legitimate reason, I'm just telling you the truth. One of the reasons that they said contributed to this was they said, my wife didn't compliment me. She didn't didn't make me feel special. And so if you don't compliment your spouse, somebody else will. I think it's very important that we over compliment our spouses.
0: And for some women, uh, giving compliments is not a natural thing to do. I know even for me, um, when we first um, started our relationship and once I learned about this, um, doing this, I was like, oh, okay, I need to probably start saying what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So um, I would think complimentary, but I wouldn't speak it. And so it's something that you actually can change and you actually can work on so that your husband does feel valued and does feel um, like he is um, praise worthy of praise.
1: That's good. So one of my love languages is words of affirmation. And I didn't even know that until obviously I got married to you, Martika. Mm -hmm. And I realized that when you would compliment me, it would just make me feel like a king. I mean, I felt like I could conquer the world. But then if you criticize me, I felt like, man, she just tore me down, but you really didn't tear me down. It's just the power of compliments versus criticism. That's why we really have to make sure that we don't allow constant criticism to kill our marriages. Martika, I never heard my parents compliment each other. Me either. Never. I I never heard my dad call my my mom honey or babe or sweetheart. Now I heard him use some other words that I can't say or repeat. But I didn't hear my mom compliment my dad. So both of us grew up in households where we didn't hear that. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about that.
0: Well, I mean, you're naturally going to be modeling whatever you grew up in because, I mean, there's no book on relationships or marriage that's, you know, Everything is where everything's going to be perfect. But um, when you learn something new, you have to incorporate it in the relationship. Um, you can take action and you can make changes that will help the other spouse. And that's the
1: whole objective. I agree. So constant criticism. If you are constantly criticizing your spouse, you're killing your marriage. So here's the deal. Um, sometimes you got to spread that stuff out. Okay, so... You don't go to your spouse, man, don't go to your wife with three things she's doing wrong, three things she can do better. I would rather you just hit one of them and then a couple of weeks later, if 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 you really feel like you need to talk about it, then talk about it two weeks later. But hitting your wife with three things that she's doing wrong, I'm just telling you, that has the potential to kill your marriage.
0: I really think that a lot of criticism has other underlying issues. Sometimes it's because there's unforgiveness in the relationship, and they use um, criticism to jab at this, at their, at their spouse, um, because really there's something else happening there, but they just haven't talked it out or discussed it, or maybe wow. something they haven't gotten over.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. you're certainly right about that. Now, the second habit that can kill a marriage is the mine and yours mentality. So the mine and yours mentality can kill your marriage. You see, when a husband and wife have separate bank accounts, Martika, when they have separate hobbies, when they have separate friends, when they have separate dreams, they run the risk of creating completely separate lives. You see, marriage is about combining. Divorce is about dividing. So the more a couple can share together, the stronger their marriage will be. So you can't like act like you're still single inside of a marriage covenant. It's about sharing. It's about coming together. I love what Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and they shall become or will become what? One One flesh. flesh. So the two become one sexually, emotionally, in a sense, spiritually, financially, Um, their whole life becomes melted with each other it just becomes entwined with each other so what do you think about that
0: Absolutely. I mean, in marriage, there is no your money, my money, my debts, your debts. Uh, Because when you start separating things out, then you're actually saying, no, we're not one. (laughs) Because Hmm. in reality, there's only our money and our debts. Yeah. Um, A couple cannot be one if they're separating their lives, especially separating their lives
1: financially. Yeah. So I had to learn that pretty quick. Sweetheart, you remember when we sat down uh, before we got married and Mm -hmm. we had to go over our past financial lives, Mm -hmm. our credit reports? Right. We had to go over how much debt we had, uh, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I knew you had some credit card debt because you told me. I Mm -hmm. knew you had some school loans. Now, I didn't get my first credit card until after we got married. Right. So I had no debt, no credit cards, but that was only because... I was on a football scholarship in college, so I had a college scholarship, mm-hmm. and then a little cash I made after college. I just bought and you
0: were it. handed money while you were in college oh. before the NCAA
1: rules. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, those those little uh, handshakes and those little nice little handshakes I used to get after the game with mm-hmm. that with that paper in my palm after the handshake was over. That was pretty nice. But the bottom line is, I remember when you shared your amount of debt with me your school loans and your credit cards Mm -hmm. now here's the deal martica i didn't say that's your debt i didn't incur that debt i didn't even know you then i could have said well good luck because i ain't paying that debt off you brought that into the marriage i looked at your debt as my debt now all of a sudden i had a school loan to pay from the University of Southern, Southern California, California. <laughs> and I didn't even go to that college, and now I got to pay them. That's so unfair. <laughs> but that's how marriage is.
0: Right. So for for those of you who maybe maybe you're not married yet, but you need to find out about your future spouse's financial state, um, they need to show you their credit report so that you can know what you're getting yourself into. That's important.
1: Yeah, that's so important. So we had to combine our finances when we got married, mm-hmm. and we did not have the same financial personalities. I was real conservative, yeah you were um I was a spender. you were a spender, you were more carefree. I was too conservative, actually, I was probably too tight. would you say I was too tight? Yeah.
0: You were like ridiculously tight Mm -hmm. with your money. (laughs)
1: You didn't want to
0: spend any money
1: on anything. I know some of that was a poverty mentality. Truly. Yeah, I hate to say it. Some of that was me being a good steward, but then some of it was out of fear because I didn't want to be broke because I had experienced that growing up. And unfortunately, I brought that mentality into our marriage. So some of the mistakes I made with you, Martika, was not spending enough money on some things Ooh. and I regret it I said man I should have done that instead of buying this cheap sofa or this cheap oh coffee table I shan't go back there <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they bring up some feelings Oh my we God. don't want to discuss that's right, right. <laughs> I
1: don't want you in your feelings <laughs> so here's the deal the mine and yours mentality can kill a marriage right. now does that mean you can't have any financial autonomy
0: no, not necessarily. I mean, I think it's important that even if you're on a super tight budget, that you have some money that is set aside for each person to spend however they want to spend it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if it's $10 if you're on a tight budget, but I think there should be some money set aside for that. But um, but overall, you should be making mm-hmm. your financial de- fan- financial decisions together.
1: Yeah. So you and I, when we got married we um we would call each other if we had if we wanted to purchase something over $50, right. we would have to get each other's permission. That's you remember? how broke we were. That's how broke we were. So if I was at a mall and I saw a tie and it cost $62, I could not buy it because nope. we, we decided <laughs> that we would not spend over $50 unless we got approval for one another. You remember mm-hmm. those days? I do. Yeah. Then it went up to $100 and 150 and so forth. I don't know what it is now, but... Let's just say if she comes home and she spent over $1,000 without telling me, I might feel a certain way about it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's because we looked at our money as our money, not my money, not your money.
0: But we also looked at it as God's money, too. Oh, no doubt about so it. So I think... It- Saying that we're going to be good stewards over God's money was also kind of the overarching theme in our relationship so that we would, not, we would not go outside of our boundaries.
1: That's right. So here's what we want to say. Any unwillingness to join all your assets and bank accounts after marriage is really probably a sign that there are some unresolved trust issues or some lingering or developing doubt in the relationship. I mean, now I am saying you can have some autonomy. I mean, I have my own business account, but we don't hide money from each other, Right. okay? So if you wanna hide money from your spouse, if you feel like you have to do that, all I'm saying Martika, something is wrong.
0: Yes. And, and again, sometimes that's because of what a parent, you know, a mom or dad might have said to a person saying, hey, you know, you always have your stuff on the side just in case they leave and so forth. But that's still um, bringing in an underlying uh, underlying feeling of distrust. untrust and distrust with the spouse. So um, don't start off your relationship that way. And of course, there are also other outside circumstances, like sometimes people are bad with money. Yeah, you know, sometimes right. there are one person in the relationship mm-hmm. is just not good with money mm-hmm. and you don't trust that they're going to do sure. right. Um, so they don't need to have access to the debit card all the time because right. they're going to mess it up. But again, that's Another. That's a different subject. Yeah,
1: that's a different subject. So I want to kind of end this point with this scripture that we've already mentioned, Genesis two twenty four. It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. I like the word become. It, becoming doesn't happen instantly. Okay, so you have to grow into this. So Martika, what I'm saying is some people get married, they don't trust each other with money.
0: And it takes time to become one. And some people actually decide to jump out of the frying pan before, before, the, before they're actually cooked yeah. or before, they're, before, before they, they should, one. before they become one. It's like they, they jump out and say, oh, this isn't for me. I'm yes. out of here.
1: And, that, and it takes a lifetime
0: it actually to become does. one.
1: We're, we're still becoming one after Even now. three decades mm-hmm. of being married. Well, I want you to know, Martika, uh, I trust you with every penny I have, okay? Even though I do have a little bit stashed away that you don't know about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: This is so good, don't you love it? Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you facing tough times in the midst of this difficult financial climate? Do you have questions about the nation's changing economy and other matters as it relates to money? Well, here is one bit of advice that can change your financial future. Pick up Lee Jenkins on Money, Real Solutions to Financial Challenges. This book will help you take a sober and responsible look at your finances and challenges you to be a faithful steward over what you have, no matter how great or small. Lee shows that by looking at life from a different perspective and applying new principles, there is still hope, so don't give up. Lee Jenkins on Money, Real Solutions to Financial Challenges can be found on amazon.com, makingloveandmoneywork.com, and leejinkinsgroup.com. Change your financial future with Lee Jenkins on Money, real solutions to financial challenges. Order your copy today.
1: We're about to jump back in. Thanks for staying with us.
0: The third habit is putting the marriage, quote unquote, on hold while raising kids. That can kill your marriage. Mm. I've seen too many marriages fall apart because two well-meaning people put so much focus on their kids that they forget to keep investing in their marriage. Wow. Some couples reduce their marriage to a partnership in Mm co-parenting. And when the kids finally grow up, they discover they've created an empty nest and an empty marriage.
1: Wow. Martika, we have seen so many of our friends kill their marriage because they put their marriage on hold. They say, we're gonna raise these kids, we're gonna put all of our energy, all of our effort into the kids. And then the kids are gone and they look at each other and they say, who are you? In fact, they might might even say, I don't even like you. Because I don't even know you anymore.
0: And this is very easy to fall into because kids do sap all of your energy, especially when they're young, because they're doing all their activities. You're ripping, you're running everywhere and so forth. But if you don't take the time to still put energy into the relationship, you can find that you're your marital relationship starts drifting apart. Wow. When you're actually in a th- loving and thriving relationship and you model the kind of relationship you're supposed to have in front of your kids, which is, guess what kids, we're going away for the weekend and you're staying with grandma. That's right. Okay? You're actually doing that for the children. Yeah. You're actually getting away for them. You're actually dating for them so that you can keep your relationship right. wow in a great state.
1: Wow. Because we, so. we, we dated. We, make sh- we made sure that we went out on dates regularly, mm-hmm. that we went on vacations. Without and them. Without the children. We know couples that have gone 10 years plus 15 years, and they have never gone on a vacation with just the two of them. Right. So we made sure that we got away. And our kids saw that. You know, I never looked at that as we were modeling something to the kids. I just wanted to be with you by myself without all that crying and complaining and fussing. But it's so true to keep your marriage strong. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what, Martika? Sometimes married couples hide behind the kids. And they know that they're having problems, but they don't want to address it, so they just get involved in the kids' activities. Mm -hmm. But all that comes to a head once the kids leave.
0: Right, and it's really... I think for some couples they're using the children to buffer them mm. meaning that they they are unhappy they're you know not not happy in the marriage but because they can buffer behind the children and mm. not you know not have to deal with the marriage because the children are growing or whatever mm. it just keeps them from having to deal with it because maybe they're not confrontational or whatever yeah. so
1: wow I never thought that I would see people getting divorced after 20, 25 years of marriage. It's like, man, you're gonna throw in the towel? But some of it was because the kids left. Now there, it's just the two of them. And they, um, they weren't able to adjust to that season of their life. So here's the deal, Martika you and I looked forward to our kids leaving. I mean, we loved our kids, right? But we looked forward right. to them. To them Well, we leaving. actually
0: raised them to leave. Yeah. So it's different when you're going into a relationship. When you, when you have children and you decide before the children are born, we're actually raising them to be independent of us. Mm-hmm. You're raising them in a different way than you are if you're raising kids to be dependent on you. That's right. So, um, but we knew from the beginning we wanted them to be healthy independent adults who didn't who when they left the nest they were not calling us for money That's exactly because right. they created their own um, financial healthy habits and they were able to sustain themselves without
1: the help of their parents you remember so. when we dropped our uh last kid off to college. Mm-hmm. But actually it happened on every kid. The first one, the second one and the third one. And some of our friends would call us and say, Did you cry? Oh, right. <laughs> we were like, Are you kidding? No. We threw a party. And <laughs> we love our kids, but Martika, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when the kids left, I told some of my other buddies this. So I'm gonna admit, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you in the locker room, give you some <laughs> locker room talk. I told my buddies, I said, Guys my marriage has gone to another level since the kids left because all that emotional energy that was going to my kids now is coming to me. (laughs) And babe, our sex life, our communication life, uh, it went to, you know what? And our financial life. Do you remember how much money? We (laughs) looked in the savings account. We were like, where'd this money come (laughs) from? (laughs) And it was like, we realized how much these jokers were costing us. Right. But my point is, a lot of that energy that you had, especially as a mother, mm. because you probably poured in more energy than I did. Now, I did a lot of the task in helping you, but mothers are special. But all of that bottled up energy, I wouldn't call it bottled up, but the energy mm-hmm. that you had focused toward them came back to me and I loved every minute of it. Yes. So the kids would come visit us. I would say, how long are you gonna be here? <laughs> I was like, you know what, don't you need to go back to work and go back to your place? Because you were you were something else, babe, once the kids left. Yeah, I had the energy. Yeah. The fourth habit is giving each other your leftovers can kill your marriage. Some married couples are great at giving their best, Martika, at the beginning of the marriage. Then, the longer they are married, the more time goes by, the more they take each other for granted, and the more they give each other leftovers. But I like what Anita Baker says. That's our attitude, or that should be our attitude as married couples. We should give our spouse the best that we got. In other words, we should strive to keep giving the best to each other. So here's the deal. There may be seasons, and there have been seasons in our marriage, Martika, where I could not give you the best that I had. So, I talked about it with you. In other words, I would say, Martica, this week I'm working on a huge project in business. I'm going to be coming home late for the next 3 or 4 nights, or I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be I'm going to be really focusing. So, what I'm doing is telling you that I'm not going to be able to give you my best emotionally and maybe even physically. But it was cool because you still knew you were important to me. You knew that I had an assignment to take care of. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Why don't couples give each other the best that they have? And then when they can't do it, why don't they talk about
0: it? Well, it's easy to fall into not giving your best, especially when life just starts sapping the life out of mm-hmm. you between your stresses on your job, stresses with the, with the kids, Um, it can start sapping the life out of you personally and Mm -hmm. sometimes out of the marriage because there's so much happening especially when you have two people working high-powered or high-stress jobs it's really easy to come home and just not have the energy that you need but I think it's important that you're conscious of it Mm -hmm. and that you talk about it and some some couples have a tendency not to discuss what's happening. And that's when it can start unraveling.
1: Yeah. So um, work stress can affect your marriage. Absolutely. Business stress, financial stress Mm -hmm. can affect your marriage. Mm -hmm. So I know it used to affect me having a bad day at work, you know, and I'm thinking about all the stuff that I did or have to do from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. But what I had to do is to come home and realize that me being a good husband and me being available to you emotionally and physically, that was more important than my job. Mm -hmm. In fact, that was like my second job. When I came home, I got to get my mind right. I would sit out in the car, Sweetheart, You remember that? Mm-hmm. In the garage. I would sit out in the garage in the car for about 10 or 15 minutes just to get my head right. Mm-hmm. Because when I walked in, I wanted to be focused as much as I can on you and the kids.
0: Right. Especially when they you walked in and they came and bowled you over with, daddy, daddy, daddy,
1: daddy, daddy. Oh Oh, God, those were the days, man, where I would walk in the house and the kids were jumping all over me and hugging me, jumping up and down. Then they got to be teenagers, and I couldn't even get them they to see. <laughs> they rolled their eyes. They rolled their oh, dad's home. Matter of right. fact, they wouldn't even look at me when I came home. <laughs> That's amazing. Martika, I was thinking about your corporate journey Mm-hmm. That basically transition into your entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. okay? You started in the corporate world when we both got married. You right. were a high level executive. Mm-hmm. and um, and then you started your own business and you're one of the top people in Mary Kay. So you don't know this, but I'm gonna tell you, I saw a difference in terms of how you treated me once you became an entrepreneur. In other words, it felt like the corporate world was sapping more of your energy Mm -hmm. from you. Mm -hmm. But then when you became an entrepreneur, you were still working hard. But for some reason, it felt like I got more of you. Was I imagining things?
0: No, that was because um, in my my corporate job, I was traveling a lot, too. So traveling and having two small kids at home, it just wears on you. Yeah. Uh, So... It was easier once I was able to leave my corporate job and stay home and, you know, continue with my own business and was able to have the flexibility to work when I could work and not work when I couldn't. It was just easier on me mentally to be able to give you more
1: of me. Yeah, well, you did a great job. So leftovers. Let's not give each other Leftovers. Give your spouse the best that you can give them. And for whatever reason, if you're not on your game or you have something that is um, that requires a lot of your emotional and physical energy, we just should talk to each other. Right.
0: Right. I think because there's so many things that distract us these days, you know, between social media and the news yeah. and TV and mm. this and that. I mean, all of those things can really wear on a relationship if you are not actually talking to each other but you're both focused on your devices or wow. or your entertainment or whatever. Wow, wow, wow. So.
1: Stepping on some toes right now. I hear my toes crunching right now. So here's the deal. With all these devices and all these cable channels, there's always something to do that that will make you not focus on each other. Social media, all of that. So maybe there should be some rules. Of course, this is gonna be different in everybody's marriage. But um, one of the things that we used to do, we don't do it as much now because I believe we've been at this thing a while and we can read each other's rhythms. But what we used to do when I would come home, you would turn the TV off, or at least ask me, how did your day go? You wouldn't just be watching TV, and I come in, I say, hey, baby, say, hey, and you're just continuing to watch TV. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying, acknowledging your spouse's presence. Even if I'm watching a football game, or you're watching HGTV which you watch all the time.
0: That's the only channel I watch besides yeah. ESPN. Yeah she's a
1: bigger <laughs> sports fan <laughs> than me and
0: I made a fire, So I tell you now I'm
1: giving you the best that I've got. Listen, baby, so, I So giving each other leftovers will kill your marriage. Love. Give your spouse the best that you got. Absolutely.
0: The last habit we'll discuss on this episode is number five, holding grudges Mm. and keeping score can kill your marriage. (laughs) (laughs) So if you've been married longer than 15 minutes, chances are very good that your spouse has done something to offend you and you've done something to offend him or her. When our words or actions cause harm, We need to be quick to admit fault and seek forgiveness.
1: When your spouse has wronged you, you need to offer grace quickly. And the reason you need to do it quickly is so that you can start rebuilding the trust because if you don't do it quickly, if you wait around, if you hold grudges, you know what's gonna happen, a root of bitterness will grow in your heart. So as a married couple, don't use past hurts as ammunition in arguments.
0: Yes. I believe you should let grace flow freely in your marriage Um, because really no marriage can survive without grace, without you giving each other some grace.
1: My God, we, we need, we need grace a lot because we're going to mess up with each other. I heard a story about a man who told his pastor, he went to his pastor and he said, Pastor, my wife is so historical. And the pastor said, what? He said, yeah, my wife is so historical. The pastor said, man, you must mean hysterical. He said, no, I don't mean hysterical. I mean historical because she brings up everything that I have done in the past. She throws it back in my face. And a lot of couples do that, Martika.
0: Yes. And instead of actually forgiving and forgetting, they forgive and keep score.
1: So I remember our first year of marriage. Uh, Martika, you probably don't remember this, but it was one of those nights I was in a romantic mood. I was thinking, Teddy Pendergrass, turn out the lights. It was that kind of mood. It was one of those moods where Shalomar. you remember the group Mm Shalomar? Get ready tonight. I'm gonna make this a night to remember. (laughs) I was in that kind of mood. And I thought you were too. And you know, I proceeded to make my move to be, you know, romantic so we could have a great night. And you stopped me cold. And you said, I said, what's wrong, babe? You said, last week, four days ago, (laughs) you said such and such and such and such. And I'm like, what? You want to bring this up right now? You said, yeah, that really hurt me. I said, okay, well, I'm sorry. And you want to keep on going, (laughs) I'm I'm sure. I want to keep on going. I'm like, we can settle this thing right now. I am sorry. And you were like, no, no, we need to talk about it. I'm like, like right now? (laughs) <laughs> can we just wait a few minutes <laughs> later? And I I learned a big lesson. Well, here's the deal. I learned that if there's some unresolved tension there, it can hurt your sex life.
0: No, absolutely. Well, also, because I was raised to push things under the rug, mm-hmm. I didn't confront you right when I was offended. Wow. I would wait a week later, I'd bring it up. Yep. (laughs) So
1: You would do that.
0: Yeah. And you brought things up right away. So again, that's just, you know, God always brings opposites together. Mm -hmm. So that's just part of growing as a couple is learning communication styles and so forth. And I had a lot to learn in that area. Yeah.
1: Well, I tell you, we both grew up in a way in similar households where we both experienced divorce in terms of our parents, but my parents. I knew they were going to get divorced eventually because they fussed and fought all the time.
0: But they did bring everything up there right away. My parents did not fight a lot. Um, they pushed everything under the rug. Uh, again, still ended in divorce, but mm. some of it is because of their lack of wow. being able to resolve conflict.
1: So what I learned from a parent's marriage, and there was a lot of good, good to learn from. However, what I learned was the art of communication. Now, it wasn't necessarily good communication, but I don't think my parents held a whole lot of grudges against each other because they would let it out. Right.
0: And talk talk about
1: it. And talk about it. So that's the way I approached our marriage. If something bothered me, I would come to you about it. And I don't ever remember a time where I was mad at you, like in terms of holding it in, mm-hmm. but that romantic night or what I thought was going to be a romantic night, man, you killed the move. I remember that. I'm still not over that. I, I need to get, that. I need to I get, get, th- get counseling. You
0: need to give me that. some grace for that,
1: huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So holding grudges and keeping score can kill your marriage. I really enjoyed this, babe.
0: I know, me too. If this is your first time listening, trust me, you gotta check out our next
1: episode. And go back and catch the ones you missed because they are all so good.
0: This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by Trayvon Potts,
1: Trayvon also created and curated the music. The host and executive producers of this Making Love and Money Work podcast are Martika.
0: And Lee Jenkins. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with everyone you know.
1: Also rate and review it on this platform. For more information, go to makingloveandmoneywork.com. Again, that's makingloveandmoneywork.com. You can also visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Till next time, remember to make love and money work for for you. you.